Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mercenary Musician Podcast. This is the long-awaited gear episode. This is part one. It'll be a two-parter. Check it out. We're going to get you through the kind of core stuff that you will need to get started here. And episode two, we're going to get started in a little bit of the kind of accoutrement. Hey, hi. How you doing? Is it working? It's working. We're live. We're back. Oh, my God. Another episode. Of what again? Uh, I believe it's called the Mercenary Musician Podcast. That's a great name. That's it, right? That's a great name. Did you come up with that? I think no. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Guys, welcome back. <coughs> Gals, welcome back. Another episode, Mercenary Musician Podcast. We are your host. My name is Chad. My name is Peter. And today is the episode we've been waiting a very long time for, and it's finally come. The gear episode. Yes. Just to be clear, the reason we've been waiting a very long time for it is... Not Chad's fault. It is my fault. Peter, you want to do the gear episode? It's like, I really would like to do a little bit of research for this one before I dive into it. All right, cool. Next week? Okay, yeah, sure. Next week comes along. Hey, you ready for the gear episode? That's the one I was supposed to do research for, right? Yep. Nope. <laughs> so we're here now. We've been building up to this moment. I'm excited. I know Peter's excited, and I hope you are too. It's a good one. You know, I, I think that talking about gear can be kind of dry. Um, we'll try to not let that happen to us here today yeah uh, what we're gonna do instead of going kind of into the technical weeds of like specific pieces of equipment uh specific brands even I, I will mention some brand names but rather than go that deep and granular into the into the topic we're going to kind of do the broad strokes of the stuff that you the the core stuff that you absolutely need and some of the optional stuff um that you're not going to m- miss out on booking gigs because you don't have but it looks better it's kind of one of those things where some of these pieces of gear like for instance like stage lights uh, a lot of I didn't have them for the first few years I did this and it's one of those things you don't get paid extra for bringing stage lights really it's kind of one of those things where you you dress for the job that you want you know you you give more than you're getting paid for and eventually you get paid more you know you kind of give first it doesn't hurt the Um, optics either right I mean honestly I I I don't have any scientific proof of this, but I do think that having a stage light on you increases your tips just because you're more visible. Mm-hmm. People will notice you sooner. I, I know it sounds crazy, but people will sit in a, in a restaurant with a live musician and not notice that it's a live musician the entire time they're there sometimes. <laughs> Some people are that oblivious. Um, <laughs> so anyway, stage lights can, can help with that. And it just helps, <clears throat> it helps your uh, whoever's booking you say, oh, this guy's going a little above and beyond. The, the other guys I pay the same rate don't bring lights, you know? Yeah, professional. It can it can really uh, set you apart a little bit. Um, okay, so let's get right into the meat of it. The I wanted to start with the, the really important, like the stuff that you absolutely, absolutely need. Obviously, you need an instrument. That's where I would start. You probably already have an instrument. Um, I will say that... You may not have the perfect instrument for this. If you're just if you've just been playing at home by yourself, you have an acoustic guitar without, for instance, without a pickup, uh, something you can plug in. You probably need to upgrade. There, there are other options there. You can get a pickup that um, sticks into your sound hole, and you can plug in that way. And it just kind of like it's like a, it's almost like a little microphone that goes onto your guitar. That is possible if you really love your guitar or you're on a budget and you don't have money for another guitar with pickups on it 
something like that could be an option. Um, it is possible to just mic your guitar, but it's just a pain in the ass. It's it's not a, it's not a good long term solution. It's something that you do in a studio if you have a really nice acoustic guitar. You put a, a put a nice condenser mic on it that makes a lot of sense in a studio. You usually have a sound engineer taking care of you. You too. got a guy who knows what he's doing. He knows you know where the mic is supposed to go, and up oh, doesn't sound quite right. I need to move it an inch closer to you, or right, whatever. right. You know, so I mean that's. It's a possibility. I wouldn't do it. Perhaps, what, what, perhaps for an unplugged set. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> down the line. You're. Yeah. Even an unplugged set is going to be like acoustic plugged in. I think. You think? I don't know. Yeah. I've never done anything that was like unplugged, unplugged. Just mm-hmm. me and an acoustic guitar. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, I I would say that if you have the budget for it, if if you've got a couple thousand dollars to to get your gear properly set up, which, you know, once you get this really cooking, that will pay for itself in, I mean, on the, on the pretty conservative end, it'll pay for itself in a month or two at the very most. Um, the, the way my schedule's set up now, if I spent two grand on gear, I'd pay for itself in a week. I make over two grand a week right now. Um, so keep that in mind. Keep this stuff in mind as like, this is something I'm investing in that will make me money. It's not just like a sunk cost. It's also something you can write off on your taxes, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, your instrument is your chef's knife. Yeah, you need you need a nice one, um, and you need really the the one important overarching thing here is you want gear that is just like workhorse equipment. It needs to sound good, of course, and it needs to be high quality, but it needs to be something you could drop off a fucking roof and have it still work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it needs to be something that can get drizzling rain on it and still work. It needs to be hardy equipment it can't, it can't be falling apart on you and uh you know i wouldn't spend anything more than like 500 bucks on a guitar for this um my guitar is maybe a little i'm it goes, goes high as maybe 750 but you start getting in like a thousand dollar two thousand dollar guitar it's just not you're you're just knocking things around you know you're uh, if you're going to do this five six gigs a week like i do you don't want a two thousand dollar guitar out there with you um you know, subject to changes in humidity and it's all, it's just like something you don't want to put a guitar of that quality through. Um, so I've got like a $450, $500 Cordoba nylon string guitar. I like the nylon strings. It's actually kind of sets me apart. Another thing that sets me apart from other guys in the area. Almost everybody I see doing the acoustic guitar thing does steel strings. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that the nylon strings, I've just, I just wanted to change. I started with the steel strings and I just wanted to change. So I got something different. And, um, I really like it. It's a lot easier on my fingers. It was, this was during the time when I was playing, you know, 13 gigs a week. And, uh, it really take those steel strings digging into your fingers. It takes, it takes a toll on you. Um, I mean, you get calluses and everything, but the nylon strings are nice. Um, and it's got a fishman pickup, which I is probably the best, the best kind of like mid range. Okay. Uh, pick up so kind of look for that it'll be like a uh, I think Fishman also does they do like depth finders on boats so it kind of gives you an idea of that kind of like this can be out in salt water and just like last forever you know what I mean and that's kind of what you want is something that is not going to fall apart on you something you can sweat on sometimes something that can get rained on not pour I mean don't let your shit get poured on but something that can get a little bit wet and still still plug in and work you just yeah. need it to work every time yeah. um 
So yes, instrument, guitar, or keyboard. I mean, you want a nice keyboard. I got. I have a very, very nice keyboard that I just bought recently that I'm absolutely in love with. That I will start taking to gigs. It's like it's like a three thousand dollar keyboard, but um, I got a warranty on it, so I feel I feel a little bit comfortable taking it to gigs. I'm gonna be very, very careful with it, and I just absolutely love the thing. So, um, and it's it's designed to be a live keyboard. I you know I bought it with that in mind. Um, and I've been making such good money lately that my budget is higher for stuff like this. So I was felt comfortable dropping, you know, a week and a half worth of pay on this keyboard, which is just the best 3000 bucks I've ever spent in my life. I play it every day just cause it calls my name, but, uh, yeah, a guitar or a keyboard keyboards all have, you don't need to think about, Oh, do I need to have something with a pickup? No, it's just those plug in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, if you're a keyboard player, um, yeah, and you can find keyboards on Facebook Marketplace, full 88-weighted keys for 100 bucks or less. Really? Yeah. If you have time to find it, yes. Good to know. Yeah, if you're not yeah so rush. This, I want to say another, uh, kind of another broad point here about this is um, if, you're, if you're certain that you want to do this, then go ahead and spend two grand on this. Get the real good stuff, spend the money, write it off on your taxes this year, write it off as a loss for this year, you know, and... Get the stuff that's going to last you for five, ten years. You know, yeah. that's that's what I recommend. Don't. It's much better to buy a six hundred dollar guitar once than to buy three three hundred dollar guitars over the course of two years. You know what I mean, or four years or whatever. Yeah, and be smart about it. You know, check for deals. Wait for Black Friday. Check for deals. Wait for Black Friday. Some used used gear can be good. Um, there's certain things that I wouldn't get used, but there are certain things that I would. Um, speakers are a good thing to get used, I think. Although. With uh, with speakers and the, I actually will recommend a brand name here. QSC is the the brand, in my opinion, for for this type of work. Uh, active speaker, uh, loudspeaker or two way. It's called like a two way loudspeaker. The one I have is an eight inch. It's like a K eight point two. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's a little eight inch speaker. I have never, not once in my whole time doing this. Been doing this six years. Have I ever shown up with just that one eight-inch speaker? I don't even bring two most of the time. That one eight-inch speaker, I've never felt underpowered. Yeah, I never, I've never cranked it all the way. But that's not even the best part about that brand. It's the customer service that comes with it. Oh man, I'll I'll tell you a little story here. So, I actually it's kind of a weird, weird situation. I hope I'm not outing myself as a as a thief of any kind here. But I'll just tell you the story. I feel comfortable with you guys. Basically, I had this. This QSC speaker hooked up. I plugged it in at a gig. It was a duo gig. Um, plugged it in. It wasn't working. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? This is a $700 speaker. By the way, they're $700 brand new. This uh, Interrupting myself here, but this is one thing that getting brand new can, can really be nice. If you spend $700 on a brand new QSC 8-inch speaker and you call them and you say, this shit broke, they'll be like, cool, what's your address? This is basically what happened here. I said, I said hey, man, my speaker broke. I had a gig. Uh, I missed out on, you know, 150 bucks or whatever it was. Um, my speaker broke on me. I was, this is supposed to be like, you know, it's a $700 speaker. It's not a cheap speaker. Yeah. This is supposed to be like the workhorse equipment. And they're like, Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. That's very rare. But, uh, what's, what's your address? You will send you a shipping label. You send us back the speaker and, uh, we'll send you a new one. And I said, okay, that's great. Thank you. You know, about as good as you can expect from customer service. Before I even got the shipping label, they sent me a new speaker. So now I've got two speakers, one supposedly broken and one working, right? Brand new one. Now I've got two $700 speakers, one is supposedly broken. 
what had happened was something was wrong with this venue's power supply that was not powering the speaker enough. Okay. So that it was turning on, the light was turning on on the speaker, but no sound was coming through. And I just thought the speaker was broken because I'd never seen that happen before. I, you know, if I thought a power outlet was broken, the speaker just wouldn't turn on, but it sure. kind of like halfway turned on. So anyway, I plugged this speaker in at my house just to kind of, oh, let's test it one more time. I don't know. Maybe something jogged loose and it worked. Plugged it in. Both of these speakers work now. So I have two, two $700 QSC speakers, you know, for the price of one. So that's the kind of customer service. I mean, I'm sure they would prefer that I send the speaker back, but I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's, but that's the kind of thing. If it did break, that would be totally fine. You send, they give you a shipping label, you send the broken one back, they give you a brand new one. And that's how reliable their gear is. is because it breaks so seldom that they're like, yeah, here's a fucking new one. Cause this never happens. Yeah. I mean, it's like a one in a thousand, you know, that's huge breakage. I'm, I'm making that number up, but it's, it's seriously like that reliable. The thing is, and it sounds fucking great. It just sounds so good. I know other people do. And we talked about this briefly. Other people do like the Bose sound stick, which I kind of just think looks lame a little bit. I know they sound great, and I think they're approximately it's almost twice the amount. Is it really? I believe I know it's over a thousand. It's over a thousand bucks. Yeah, so they're they're expensive. They're 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 nice though. I've seen that's kind of like the other thing that I've seen the best pros around use is that it's either kind of that or um, like a powered main speaker like I like I have. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pointing you in the direction of a powered main speaker. Um, in that case, the thing about the Bose sound stick is that it is its own stand. So you kind of stack it up. It looks like a big stick, right? Like mm-hmm. a totem pole. Um, with a speaker like mine, you need a speaker stand, which is, you know, I think it's like 50 to 70 bucks, something like that. Okay. And they're all pretty universal. And you don't need to really worry too much about getting one brand or another. There's a... I would just go into your your local music store and be like, "Hey, I need the sturdiest stands you have." Yeah. That's that's what I do when I need a new mic stand. M- mic stands are the thing that break the most because um, it's a lot of twisty little plastic knobs and stuff, and um, you're constantly adjusting it, moving around. A lot of times you're like yanking it to bring the mic closer to your face or whatever. So that'll be the thing that breaks the most. That is kind of important to get a nice one of those. Because you don't want this thing breaking every six months. You want it breaking every year. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, it's going to break. Yeah. But you want it breaking every year or two instead of every six months. It's just a fucking pain in the butt, and they're 100 bucks. So um, get a nice one. Uh, again, that's something you just go into your music store and you say, hey, give me your sturdiest stands, please. Another thing you can, you can get used. If you get a really sturdy, nice one, you could look for used ones. Especially speaker stands you can get used. Mic stands maybe not so much, again, because of the, they do wear. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what do we got here? We got instruments, we got speakers, which, by the way, I want to I want to just hit speakers one more time. It should be a, this should be a powered speaker. This should be uh, again specifically. I would say this QSC eight inch uh, K eight point two thing is really excellent. Um, it should be powered. There's a I, I have early on in my career I I made the mistake of asking somebody who didn't do this exact job, what I should get for a sound equipment. He was like a DJ type guy. And uh, he said, oh, you need to get these big unpowered speakers and then you need to get a power supply for them. And then you need to get a power conditioner. And then you need it. It's like this huge, it's just like so much gear and it's so heavy and so big. And it's just, I mean, 
it's just not the way to go. Don't get – these are called passive speakers. Do not do that. Get an active loudspeaker. Um, and you can plug straight into these if you want and adjust, especially with this QSC. I know for a fact you can do a lot of adjusting to the sound quality on the back of the speaker. They've got like a little light-up screen. But you should have a mixer. Um, this is not like – it's not like it – you can't do a gig without a mixer. You you can. You could plug straight into your speaker, but you want control over your sound. And the sooner you get started learning about how to use a mixer, the better off you're going to be. It's going to be a lot of trial and error with this. You're going to say, well, this sounds like shit in here mm-hmm. a lot. I, st- I still say that. I say, why does it sound like fucking ass? And I have a little more of a seasoned ear now and I could say it sounds like ass because in this in this one specific way it sounds it doesn't just sound like ass I can get more specific it sounds like a specific type of ass it sounds like ass talking through a landline telephone and when it sounds like that that means you have too much mid range because that's what telephones are telephones are there's no high there's no low it's like all mid range and it sounds like a telephone you know what it sounds like so if you hear your stuff sounding like a fucking telephone say okay maybe I need to do a mid cut or or bump the uh Highs and lows a tiny bit. Um, I'm getting a little bit off on a tangent here, but that's okay. I'm getting coming to terms with the fact that I speak this way. You're good. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Um, when you're mixing, the first thing you should do is is uh, put everything at noon, put all your knobs at noon, at, like neutral, mm-hmm. and you should cut things before you start trying to boost things. You shouldn't just boost shit. You should try cutting things first. And you can, and when you when you cut things, you can make larger cuts. When you're boosting things, you make little boosts. Um, so you don't want to see your highs cranked and your lows cranked. A lot of times, if you crank your lows, you're going to get feedback anyway. So don't, you know. And this is this is the kind of thing that you can experiment with at home with your mixer. Plug all your shit in, put the mixer in, put plug your mic in, plug your guitar in, and then see what happens when you crank the lows all the way up. See what it sounds like. See if you you'll start getting feedback probably, and you'll notice. Oh. That's what happens when I dime that knob. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this in the comfort of my own living room where no one gives a shit. Yep. So that's fine. I'm learning how to do that here. Um, so learning how to use your mixer is going to be... It's the difference between sounding great and sounding good. Um, it's the difference between sounding like a real pro and sounding like you're new to it. You know, it gives you the control to do that. That's yeah, the I, beauty of it. It's it's pretty great. I, I have gotten pretty good at mixing my own sound live. Um, and you... You adjust from room to room. This is why I suggest you have a mixer um, rather than just plugging straight into a speaker because you want to be able to adjust on the fly in a different room. Or if you're outside, for instance, um, if you're outside, what happens is your lows, I'm sorry, your highs and mids will dissipate more quickly. Am I saying this right? We'll have a whole episode about um, sound. mixing and sound. Yeah, because it's, it's a really... To me, it's fun. I, I'm kind of nerd out on it nowadays. Yeah. But um, it's good to know. Yeah. So if you're out, let me think about this. So if I'm outside, a lot of times I'll crank the lows a little bit extra because it can sound tinny a little bit outside because the because of the way the I'm not a scientist, all right? But because of, because of the way the sound waves are, the length of the sound wave. They bounce off things in different ways, and you'll notice that, okay, I'm outside. These things react a little differently, so I need to crank this or cut this a little more. Yeah, environmental influence. Yeah, so if you're in like a tiny little room, 
those high high frequency waves will bounce off of stuff a lot more. And so you got to be careful with highs in a little room because they will they'll bounce a lot and you'll get a lot of reverb on those frequencies and sometimes you can get feedback, sometimes it just sounds like trash and you just got to cut those down a little bit and then you'll have less of that noise, less of those frequencies bouncing around the room. So it's a little bit of kind of halfway technical talk, but suffice it to say you should have a mixer. Um I like my Soundcraft mixer. Um I've got a guy who I who I work with who's actually a great um, sound engineer, a local Cape Coral guy, and uh, he is also kind of a sound engineers you will find are gearheads very often. Um, and I just kind of asked him, "What mixer should I get for live stuff?" And he's like, "Soundcraft is is good." Like I, I you know, I basically said I kind of said what I need. These are my parameters. I need something that I can drop off a fucking roof and have it still work, and I need something that you know does the job and is easy to use and kind of user-friendly and all that. And he said, yep, use this thing. I said, cool, I'll take it. And so I actually have two Soundcraft mixers. Uh, we're using the Signature 12 right now because it is, it's it's a larger mixer than I would bring live. It's it's a lot more than I need. It's got, I think, is it 12 channels? Is that why it's called it 12? It does. And yeah, it's got 12 channels, which you don't you don't need. I got a guitar and a vocal. I need, I need two channels. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, this larger mixer has a USB port out that we are putting into a computer. So... It's useful for this particular thing. I've got a smaller Soundcraft mixer that I use for my live gigs, which is still, I think it's got eight channels on it, which is a lot more than I need. Um, but I do plan on bringing my keyboard out um, in the future, so I'm going to use a third channel here um, in the near future. And also, a, a good thing about having a mixer with eight channels is things will... I've been using my... Soundcraft mixer for fuck four years, three or four years, and using it hard. It's not just been sitting in a room, air conditioned all night, not being touched. It's like getting thrown around in back of my car. And so what what will sometimes start to happen is a channel will go bad. That can happen, even in a very high quality piece of equipment. A channel will eventually go bad. Stuff breaks. And if you have eight channels, which I do, I was initially using channels one and two. Just seems simple enough. Plug in a plug mic into one, put guitar into two. Good to go. Uh, and then one of the channels started kind of giving me shit. And I said, okay, cool. Let's do channels three and four. And it just moved over. Simplistic. Yeah. And uh, I, I've been able to, you know, you're not going to spend that much less on a three-channel mixer or a four-channel mixer. You're not, it's not going to be that much less. You kind of got a law of diminishing returns thing here. So I'd go with an eight-channel mixer. Why not? And it also gives you room. <clears throat> excuse me. It gives you room to add new instruments if you wanted to throw in a piano on you know, add that into your set, which again, it's another thing like the stage lights. So what I'm, what I'm planning on doing here in the next six months, I'm getting good enough at piano now where I think I could play it live or at least, you know, I mean, I can lean on my guitar and be like, Hey guys, I just started playing piano. This is a new thing for me. So grade me on a curve here kind of thing and play a piano song. Um, you'll be fine. I will be fine. Thank you. Um, that like the stage lights, I'm not going to get paid extra to bring out a whole extra instrument. It's going to be an extra five, 10 minutes of setup um, and an extra five, 10 minutes of breakdown. It's going to be another $3,000 piece of equipment that could break. But the tips. The tips, yeah. So you got the tips. That helps, right? People people will see that and say, this is special. This guy is special. He's not just some douche who does this as a hobby and, you know. Yeah, and hiring, we want people like that. Yeah, they want, want something a, a little extra, different. man. If you, yeah, and and you can charge more, and you don't even have to cite that as like a thing, as as to why you charge more. 
you just charge more. And when people see your show, they know why. It's because you got lights and you got a keyboard and you got a guitar and you're fucking great. Yep. You know? So. Yep. Yes. So get yourself a mixer. I like Soundcraft. Um, Mackie is a good brand as well for mixers. They make good stuff. Um, I'm excited to get into talking about live sound mixing with you guys. That's another fun episode. Something that I didn't know I was going to like. At first, you know, it's something I reluctantly, it's just like you have to. You know, I, I kind of, I say this over the mic as a joke sometimes. I say, you know, after the first song, especially if it doesn't sound perfect to me, I'll say like, all right, and you know, if there's some dead time, I'm mixing, fucking with a mixer after the first song. Hey, everybody, just, you know, just messing with the sound here. I'm just trying to get dialed in. I'm not a sound guy, but I am kind of forced to be a sound guy. So bear with me. By the way, if you guys hear anything weird, I'm outsourcing my my uh, sound guy job to you guys. If you hear anything weird, let me know. I'll try to fix it. If it's too loud, especially, I'm here for you folks. I'm not sensitive about that. Let me know. So you can kind of like play with the crowd a little bit as far as mixing. Say like, hey, I'm trying to fix this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. Um, so yes, get yourself a mixer. Learn how to use it. Um, you are going to need... We got mic stands, we got speaker stands, we got a speaker, we got a mixer, we got a guitar or a keyboard. Lots of cables. You're going to need lots of cables. Let's go through all the types of cables you're going to need. Yeah, well, let me say one thing first. I want to say, you because this will be a simple, quick one. Uh, Obviously, you need a mic. There's like an industry standard answer here. SM58, Sure, S-H-U-R-E. It's just, this is like the quintessential drop it off a fucking roof and it still works piece of equipment. I think I've had... I've got a backup mic that I've never had to use. I've got two of these. They're, uh, I think, a hundred bucks a piece. It's the leading, like it's a, it's the, the mic best. you see. Like when you see the a mic on too. stage, yeah, it's the mic you see. That's yeah. like that is the mic. Yeah, um, it's like the Coke of mics. It's just like the mic. It's that Coca. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so actually, kind of related here, and this is information that I got from my uh, sound engineer buddy who helps me with gear. Um, mixing mics, different mics do different things. They have different sound profiles. SM58s have this thing that you want to cut out of it if you're mixing it. You want to cut out, and and this will be a general rule for mixing, you kind of want a slight mid-cut generally because things will tend to just sound too middly. It'll sound too much like a phone. So you want to cut that out. It'll make the, the highs and the lows a little bit. I like to boost my highs and lows just a tiny little bit. And cut the mids a little bit. The great thing about these Soundcraft mixers is when you, you've got four knobs on this mixer. You've got the high, you've got the low, and then in between those two, you've got the mid knob, and then you've got a knob that tells you, there's like a cut and a boost knob for the mid, and then there's a knob that uh, lets you choose what part of the mids you're cutting. So if you turn this knob all the way uh, counterclockwise, you will be cutting or boosting the low mids. If you turn it all the way clockwise to the right, you'll be cutting or boosting the high mids. So what I've heard about SM58s and what I've... Sorry? What are you trying to say to me, Chad? You toggled your voice. Now it's off a little. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me fix this. Check, 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 check. Good. All right. Um, yeah, I was just playing with these knobs to uh, accent my point, which you can't see. So yeah. it was for me, I guess. Yeah, so you can, uh, with the SM58 mic, there's like a, 
man, I forget now. I think it's a low, uh, like a low mids thing, but you can find it. You can see, you can t- just talk through the mic, hello, hello, hello. You can take the, the mid cut knob and turn it all the way so it's cut totally out, cutting all the mids out. And then you can move the, the knob that tells you what part of the mids you're in. And you can see, okay, I'm all the way counterclockwise and it's all the way cut. So this is cutting all the way out, all these low mids. Now I can hear what that sounds like. Now I turn this knob clockwise and it starts adding back in those low mids that I had cut and starts cutting out higher mids and higher mids and higher mids as I go clockwise. And you'll hear, okay, I'm, I'm seeing what I am cutting out now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just something to realize when you're, when you're using a mic interacting with a mixer is you can mix. Uh, and, and this is, this is a good case for using equi- the same equipment getting used to a piece of equipment that you like. I know how to mix an SM58 mic through my mixer. I can do it with my eyes closed in my sleep in all different rooms. Mm-hmm. Outside, I can do it inside. I can do it in a tiny room. I can do it in a big room. Um, and so just something to keep in mind is different mics have different sound profiles. I just recommend you go with an SM58. It's just it's just this the thing. It works. Right. It sounds great. Especially if you mix it right, it sounds great. And it's just like... You can just throw it out your car window at, at speed and it'll be fine. Um, don't do that, but you know it, it's just a workhorse piece of equipment, which is a theme here. We want stuff that does not break on us. Yeah. Um, okay, so we were going to talk about cables, and I rudely interrupted my man Chad here. No, you're good. Cables are obviously very important, and they're like the thing that people forget. If you're going to forget something at a gig or before a gig, it's going to be a cable usually. You're not going to leave your speaker. You're not going to leave your guitar. You're not going to leave your mixer. These are like big objects. You're probably not going to leave your stands even. Uh, You're going to leave a cable or you're going to, you're going to leave it at your house. You're going to leave it at a gig or, you know, backseat of the car. Cables can break too. This is, this is something that will be probably one of the most common pieces to break. So this, I don't, I don't really recommend you buy a second $700 backup speaker. Uh, I don't really recommend you buy a second $500 backup guitar. Um, I don't really recommend that you even have backup mic stands. I mean, these things should last you a year, and even when they start to break, it shouldn't be like, oh, like, unusable immediately. It should be like giving you signs and you get a new one, right? So I don't want you buying backup stuff that you're never going to, that you're going to use one once every 10 years, right? You're going to spend 100 bucks on an extra mic stand and never run into a situation where, um, you have an emergency need of a backup mic stand. That's just silly. I think just make sure you have electrical tape. Uh, yes, that's a, that's a, uh, kind of a pro tip actually is, um, not electrical tape. I use gaffers tape, the black, it's like matte black duct tape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of expensive actually. It's more expensive than duct tape, but it looks better than duct tape. If you have to tape cables down, it doesn't look like this shiny silver trashiness. No. It looks nicer. It looks like, you know what you're doing. Gaffers tape. It's what they use on stage. Um, cause it's black, it blends into a stage. Um, so get a roll of that. That will help. There, there'll be a lot of places where you'll play where they'll be like, please tape your cables down and you want to have tape. And even if they don't ask, you want to tape your cables down. You don't want people tripping over your shit. I like to try to set up as close to the power outlet as I can so I can avoid this most of the time. But if you can't do that, a lot of times like at country club pools, this will happen. Um, where you just have to plug into the little power outlet sticking out of the uh, the mulch, you know, yep. where they got like a tree. Yep. Um, and you got to sit 20 feet away from it. And 
you want to be able to tape that down because if uh, you should have liability insurance also. It's not in the gear episode, but um, some some country clubs that I work with actually forced me to get liability insurance. So there's that too, and it's very cheap. It's like 200 bucks a year for like a million dollars in liability insurance. So I guess they don't get very many claims. But um, you should have that, but you should also tape your, gear, your uh, cables down. Okay, so cables are the one thing that I would recommend you have backups of, partly just because you will forget them sometimes and it's nice to say oh shit cool i got a backup um i mean obviously do your best not to forget things um you will get better at that in time my first year doing this i left a power cable i didn't have backup power cables i had exactly as many power cables as i needed and i pulled one out of my bag to do a practice at home and i forgot to pull it off my speaker at home and put it back in my gig bag and i got to this gig it's my first year i'm kind of new to this still kind of shy and I was living with my mom at the time, which uh, if you can swing that, I recommend you do that. We'll have, a, we'll have an episode about the kind of nuts and bolts of your lifestyle, which are going to be important to, to really do this right and do this sustainably. Um, but I was living with, living with my mom at the time, and I said, uh, you know, I emergency called mom. I was like, mom, please help me. I'm, I'm all set up. I'm missing one power cable. Can you grab a power cable for me and come to this gig? It's 30 minutes away. I had like 35 minutes before I had to start. And she's like, yeah, of course, you know, you, you don't want to do that often. <laughs> you don't want to have your mom running around bringing you gear you've forgotten. I, I, um, man, one time I did, I forgot my guitar once. That was stone remove, um, at, at home, thankfully. And I had a roommate who luckily was willing to hop in the car and drive out with my guitar. And, it, you know, it was, it was embarrassing, but it was one of those things where I thought I had packed it in my car and I didn't do my dummy check. So yeah, you got to have that checklist. We talked yeah, about Yeah, the checklist is great. I, every time I go into my car, I go, I open my trunk and I go mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six. And then I go in my passenger seat and I go seven. Cause that's where my tip jar sits. And that's it. Seven things. Yeah. And I'm ready to go. And I know if I don't get to seven, I don't have enough stuff. <laughs> so I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we've got four types of cables. Yes. You've got your instrument cable, uh-huh. your mic cables. Yep. Your speaker cables. Yep. And your power cables. That's right. And yeah. You, you should have a backup for all. Four. You should have everything that you need and one backup. Yeah. Or two if you want to be crazy. I mean, you don't if you, you don't really to need two. True mercenary. Yeah, right. They're small. That's that kind of another thing here is the thing that makes me say, okay, you can have backups of this and not that. A reason why I have a backup microphone, even though like I, these shore microphones are so reliable. The reason I have a backup is because it's fucking small. And it's not that expensive. Right. It's a hundred bucks to have a backup microphone. It fits easily in this bag. And I like Monster Cables. Man, Monster Cables is one of these name brands that did did what I think Gibson did, where they just got too much of a name brand. And everyone thinks, oh, they're the quality, they're the quality, they're the quality. And then they start they started sacrificing quality because they had the brand behind them and they just started coasting on the brand name. I, I suspect that's what happened with Monster Cables. What Monster used to do that I think got them to this household name among musicians is they made such basically what kind of what QSC does with their speakers. They made such a reliable cable that they guaranteed it for life, which is just, I mean, if you're not going to lose it, it's a fucking no brainer. Spend 120 bucks on a cable, never buy another one again. Yeah. And I, I still have one from those days. I've got a Monster cable that is 15 years old. I think it's 15 years old. And, uh, it's at least 10 years old mm-hmm. and it is just as good as the day I, I bought it. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. 
And I've bought monster cables since then, and some of them have broken. Like all good things. You know, and so the newer monster cables, you know, I hate to be this old old guy on the porch, but ah, they don't make it like they used to, you know. Back in my day. Yeah, exactly. So I do have a monster cable that I've been using forever. It's been with me this entire career of mine and before. And it has that lifetime warranty? I believe it does. I think they stopped doing it, though, because, and I think what happened was they were selling, they were selling cables, and then that's it. They had a customer... They should have lifetime customers because they're making such good products. But a customer buys one thing one time and they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like this planned obsolescence. I, I'm, I don't want to slander anybody. I don't know if uh, this is the fact of what's going on with the company, but it feels like they might have done a little bit of a planned obsolescence thing where they're just like, we need to make stuff that is not as good because we're fucking shooting ourselves in the foot. We're making something too good and we're only selling one of them. Increased cost. I mean, honestly, I would pay 200 bucks for a cable for that a, lasts forever. For a lifetime warranty? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, and you can still get things like that. They still make cables. There's a Mogami is another brand that, that really still does the like hardcore. And I think there are like higher end monster cables that will still do this job. Okay. Um, so the, the, the monster cables that I've had that have broken have been like the lower end monster cables. They're not cheap still. They're still the brand name. And there's, you know, I thought they were going to be as reliable as anything. But um, those are the, the kind of like maybe like a $70 cable, something like that. Um, those are the ones that have broken on me. The like $150 cables are going strong. What you want out of a cable is you want like a really strong casing. It should feel like it wants to be a certain shape. It shouldn't be like loose and wobbly and like let you bend it however you want. It should want to go in a loop. Um, as far as the little screw top part, Mm -hmm. that is another thing that you will, you'll know if it's cheap. Like, look at it, unscrew it, feel it. If it feels, like, light and shitty and cheap, it's light and shitty and cheap. And it's not it's not horrible to have one of those cables, but they're going to fucking break. Yeah. They're just, they break. And if I know anything about this industry or life, shit is going to break at the worst time. <laughs> you know, you're going to be Absolutely. in the middle of a gig or you're going to be just starting a gig. It'll be your first day at a new gig. You want to impress somebody and your shit will break. Yeah. So get sturdy equipment and get a backup. Um, so I've got two instrument cables that I use because I use a, uh, a looping pedal. So I plug my guitar into the looping pedal, looping pedal into the mixer. So that's two instrument cables there. And then I have a third one in my bag ready to go if something breaks or if I forget something, um, power cables, you don't need to worry so much about other, uh, the power cables that come with QSCs are Excellent. They're like just the best. I wish I could buy them by themselves. Um, they've got like this kind of locking thing, locking mechanism that plugs into the back of the speaker. It's got like a blue, they're like bright blue and yellow. And uh, they're great. But th- these these power cables, they're all the same thing. They're like a printer cable, a printer power cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can get the, again, get the exact number that you need. You're going to probably need one for your mixer. The Soundcrafts use that same printer power cable. You're going to get one for your speaker. Um, that is all... That's all I have for power cables. I use those two. And then I have a third one. Or even a fourth one, because again, these things are small and cheap. So it's there's no reason to not have a backup or two even. Yeah. Um, the, the thing about power cables, they really never break. I, I don't think I've ever had a power cable break on me. Um, they're just... You can wrap them however you want. Unlike instrument cables, you have to take very good care of an instrument cable. You have to wrap it properly. 
or you'll start bending the metal inside of the casing mm-hmm. and it will snap those things and it'll, that's how those break. Um, now we're in Southwest Florida. It rains a lot in the summer, a lot of lightning. What about surge protectors? Yeah. So I have a, I used to be a little less of a, less picky about surge protectors, but I have a brand now that I love. Um, and actually a fan of our band came out one night and noticed that we were like piecemealing these like shitty cheap surge protectors together to make our power situation work at this gig. And he's, he's like an electrical engineering guy, a very nice guy. Love him. He comes to all the shows and, uh, he just took it upon himself. He just noticed we were struggling with this one issue and he's like, you guys need nice power supply things here, surge protectors. And he got us like six of these like heavy duty, uh, the brand is Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N, and they're great. And they got really long cables on them, so I don't even have to use an extension cable most of the time. Uh, you should have an extension cable also in your car. Have an extension cable. A lot of venues have them if if they're needed, but it's just so much better to say, you guys have an extension cable? Uh, I have one in my car. If you don't have one or if it's not handy, I don't mind going back to my car, but if you got one handy, I'll, I could use yours. It's just like nicer to say it that way. Yeah. I'm totally prepared, by the way, but if you got something that is on hand, an extension cable would be great. Thanks. And they'll be like, cool. Yeah, great. Um, Actually, kind of a side note here. Same thing with a chair. I sit down at all my gigs, and I pretty much recommend you do, too. I don't, I don't, there's no real benefit to standing up for four hours um, at these gigs. There's Mm -hmm. just, I just don't think there's any point to it. I used to, and it's just, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. There's no point. And I think it also, I actually think that sitting down is more comfortable for an audience because you're kind of on their level. You're not like, it can be a little awkward to have someone standing there, I think, while you're sitting and eating. To me, it feels awkward sometimes. And I just, it feels like a little more like we're hanging out in my living room. And that's the kind of the feel you want. You want to be friends with the audience. Yeah. Um, you want them to feel like you're their host and like you're kind of hanging out together. So you want to. I like feeling comfortable. I like looking comfortable, feeling at ease. Um, so I keep a chair with me in my car, a folding chair. Um, and I almost never pull it out of my car, but I have it there for the same reason I have an extension cable in my car. Because if I want to use a chair at a gig, I usually just use whatever chair they have, if they have a chair. Um, some, uh, sometimes if they only have stools, I don't like stools because they got to reach way down to hit my looping pedal. So I like a, a low chair uh, with no arms also, obviously, because you're playing guitar although I can make do with a chair with arms anyway so I'll ask for a chair and I've, I've really never had this happen before where somebody has a problem with you using one of their chairs or you know somebody has I don't know I don't know what reason they could have but like if it's a really small venue and they have only the number of chairs they absolutely need right they don't want to spare a chair for you you can do the same thing that I just said with the extension cable say hey you guys have a chair I can borrow I have one in my car if I need to grab it but if you don't mind, I could just use one of yours. And that's just like another little bit of, hey, guys, I'm fucking prepared. You're paying me because I'm a professional. Yeah. And I have all the stuff I need. If you got something on hand, I'll use it. But if you don't, don't worry, because I can do this all by myself in the fucking desert if I wanted to. All day, every day. Yeah. All right, guys. So this is going to be a two-part episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and call it here for the first episode. And we'll be right back for episode number two. Stick with us. You're here on the Mercenary Musician Podcast with Peter and Chad. Thanks, guys. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, this is a two-parter. Episode two will be coming out next week. But 
we understand if you haven't had your full Mercenary Musician fix. If you need more, I encourage you to go check out the other episodes we already have out. You can find them on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, at The Mercenary Musician. And please, 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 Peter and I both encourage you, now is the time. If you have questions, we want to hear your comments, reach out to us. Peter at mercenarymethods.com. Chad at mercenarymethods.com. Be easy.